Well, tonight I must, um, I want to, I need to change our text. Uh, We will look at Hosea uh, chapter 4, God willing, next Sunday evening. Uh, It's a large section of scripture and um, I have some more preparation to do. But I also thought on this Father's Day Sunday evening, it would, uh, I needed to maybe uh, tackle something a little less uh, uh, daunting and also maybe a little bit more uh, applicable specifically to uh, this day. So what I, want to share, what, I, what I want to share with you, church family, for a few moments uh, is from John chapter 16. I invite you to turn there with me, John chapter 16. And I want to remind you again of a truth that I have tried to remind uh, this fellowship, this church of over the years Uh, But I need to be reminded of it. You need to be reminded of it, this truth concerning your heavenly father. And so I want to meditate for a few moments on what Jesus teaches us about God the Father's love for his people, for believers in Jesus Christ. I'm going to begin in chapter 16, verse 23, and I want to read um, down through the end of 16. But really, my meditation is going to be uh, on just uh, verse 27. In that day, says Jesus, as he's speaking to his disciples before his death, in that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me. And have believed that I came forth from the Father. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. His disciples said, Lo, now you are speaking plainly and are not using a figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Amen. Well, I want to really impress upon you one simple truth tonight that you you know I trust to be true, but I simply want to impress upon you, believers in Jesus Christ, that we have a Father who loves us. That's it. That's really, that's all I want to impress upon you tonight. We have a Heavenly Father who loves us. And uh, this is something we perhaps know to be true. We've heard of the love of God, the love of the Father. But in practice, 
evangelicals, um, and certainly Roman Catholics, but even evangelicals, we may struggle to relate to God the Father. So many of us um, understandably hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we we put our faith in Jesus Christ, and Jesus is our Savior, and absolutely. And we think of our relationship with Jesus. We ask people, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Our faith is Christ-centered, and again, rightly so, understandably so. But we are falling short of what Jesus intended for us if we're missing the truth that he came to show us the love of the Father and to tell us that the Father loves us. Uh, This was uh, impressed upon me deeply uh, several years ago. And again, if you've been around Reformation Bible Church for any amount of time, you have heard, you are hearing tonight, and you will hear again how an old Puritan uh, named John Owen in his book called Communion with God, um, I picked that up maybe, oh boy, I don't know, maybe 18 years ago now. I uh, really had only read a little bit of something of John Owen before, but when I stumbled upon this book, and I didn't have a hard copy at the time, I had to go on the internet to find it, and I downloaded and printed out Uh, John Owen's um, meditations on communion with God and uh, somewhere I was looking for it it's not in my office or the Sunday school room right now I have it somewhere but that was a a riveting experience for me to sit with that printout of this Puritan from the early 1600s telling me, teaching me about communion with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We do have a relationship with Jesus. We come to the Father by and through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we are Christians, if we are followers of Christ, and as we grow, we will have a relationship with and to the Father and the Spirit. But tonight I want to especially focus on the Father, and and that is Jesus's heart. It it breaks, um, I don't think it's too much to say that it breaks the Lord Jesus's heart that there may be followers of his that look at the Bible, believe the Gospels about Jesus, believe the teaching about his grace, believe the teaching about his love, laying down his life for us. But believers who, believe, who love Jesus, believe in Jesus's love, but stop short then of communing and enjoying fellowship with Jesus's, heavenly, Jesus's Father. Um, he came to make known to us the Father and his love. Here in John 16, The disciples are listening to Jesus, and this is a rather long uh, discourse. He's he's teaching them, telling them shortly before he's about to die what is going to happen. He's telling them again that he is going to die, that he he is soon going to depart from them, that he is going to be with his father. 
And they are saddened by this. They are grieved. They are confused. This is not in their plan. This is not what they thought would happen. And yet Jesus knows he must tell them these things. They're they're in an emotional state. But after he dies, after he's raised, after he's ascended, and after they are filled with the Holy Spirit, they will remember these words and they will rejoice. And they did. Uh, After the day of Pentecost, we don't see a a group of apostles who are moping around. Uh, We see them rejoicing, full of the Holy Spirit, understanding what Jesus did, but also understanding that their Father in heaven loves them. Look with me at verse 27 of chapter 16. Um, Jesus is telling them that one of the privileges in the future is that they will pray to God, their Father, and they will come to the Father in the name of the Son. The significance is of, of this is that is the access, is that Jesus is their high priest, but Jesus as God's own unique beloved Son is, is the one in whose name we come. And because we love the Son, because we are trusting in God's own Son, the scriptures are clear, we have guaranteed access to the Father, not as a matter of like a code, like, like Jesus' name is like, you know, one of those passwords. How, how many of us are tired of passwords, okay? So it's not like there's a vault in heaven and Jesus is the, the password or the passcode somehow to get into the cold and calculating Father, Rather, Jesus teaches clearly here that the Father loves those who believe in his Son. Verse 27, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. The Father himself loves you. I I think... There are far too many Christ-professing people who really struggle to believe that the Father, God the Father, loves them personally. But here it is. I just, I really want, I want this phrase to be burned into your soul tonight. I'd be really happy if all this week you, you were just thinking about the Father himself loves me. This is, not, um, this is not sentimental language. I mean, it is sentimental, but it's, it's not sappy. It's in the context of the death of Christ. The Father himself loves you. Is that how you think of God the Father? Um, I'm going to read from John Owen. I, I mentioned I read this book, Communion with God. And again, if you've been around, you're... oh. Pastor Gabe's talking about that again. Well, sorry, that's just the way it is. God uses some things to impact you. And I'm going to read a little excerpt from there. And I I think we need to be reminded of this. I need to be reminded of this. We rightly focus much on the majesty and the of of God the Father. We we rightly work hard in our church to look at what the scriptures say 
and to reflect the majesty and the glory and the holiness of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We want to have a high view of God because God is high. He is the most high. You know, as well as I do, that a lot of evangelical teaching, in order to teach that God the Father loves us, brings God down, as it were, off his throne, the most high, and, and you know, really, in a sense, brings God down and, and almost belittles God and say, you know, he just loves you like, like your pal. Of course, we're not saying that. He is who he is, who he always has been, who he always will be. He is the Ancient of Days. He is the majestic glory, as Peter refers to him. And the Ancient of Days, the majestic glory, the Most High, is our Heavenly Father. And Jesus doesn't teach us about the love of God by somehow bringing the Father down, but teaching us that Jesus, by his life and by his death and by his high priesthood, brings us into relationship with this most high God. So it's not a matter of, of God coming down, but of Christ bringing us up. So it's good for us to have high thoughts about God the Father. It is good for us, and we must fear God. We must revere him. This is why we honor our father and mothers, because we are to honor our father who is in heaven. But tonight, again, I want you just in this devotion, I want you to really let your heart and your soul take in believer that you have a father, we have a father in heaven who loves us himself. He's not cajoled or um, pressured into loving us. Jesus doesn't have to plead with him to love us. In fact, the origin of Jesus coming to us is who? The Father. In fact, every kindness you've known in your life, every grace, every benefit in Jesus Christ Every delight that you will experience the rest of eternity will be directly from the heart of your heavenly Father towards you. One of Satan's, I I think one of his most active areas of activity is somehow keeping this truth from believers. That your Father loves you. But he does. And I love how Jesus emphasizes, verse 27, the Father himself. I mean, they know at this point that Jesus loves them. He's, they've been with him three years. They, they know Jesus loves them. They've experienced his love. They've witnessed his love. There's no question that Jesus loves them. But the Father himself loves you, Jesus says. So helpful. Uh, let me read this little excerpt from John Owen and. He tends to write rather long sentences, so I'm going to read slowly and see if if you can pick up on this. Um, He's talking about how believers in Christ should view our Heavenly Father. He says this, 
First, I the Father as love. What he means by I is obviously you can't see God the Father. God is spirit. What he means in your heart, in your mind, as you by faith see your Father. Not the form, but how he's revealed in Scripture. How do you think about him? How do you look about him? Look on him. Says Owen, I the Father as love. Look not on the Father as always a lowering or displeased Father, but as one who is most kind and tender. Let us look on the Father by faith as one that has thoughts of kindness towards us from everlasting. Think about that. Your Father in heaven having kind thoughts about you from everlasting. I just have to pause here. I mean, I, I love my children, and even if they displease me, which doesn't happen a lot, I can't help it. I, I, have, uh, I have prejudiced thoughts towards them. I love them. I uh, think kind thoughts of them. But the reality is, I've only been thinking kind thoughts of them for about 22 years because I didn't know them before they were born. I didn't know Ruthie before she was born or Catherine or Phoebe. God has known you from everlasting past and says, Owen, that he has had thoughts of kindness towards us from everlasting. Owen says, it is misapprehension or misunderstanding about God the Father that makes any of us run from him Men, um, men tend to fix their thoughts only on the Father's terrible majesty, severity, and greatness. And so their spirits are not endeared, says Owen, to the Father. But if a soul continually eyes the Father's tender, everlasting tenderness and compassion, his thoughts of kindness that have been from of old, of the Father's present gracious acceptance of us, that soul of a believer could not bear an hour's absence from the Father. So then, says Owen in summary, let this be a saint's or a believer's first notion or thought about the Father, as God the Father being one of eternal free love towards them, And let the believer's heart and thoughts be filled with breaking through all discouragements that lie in the way. It's pretty good. Um, We are often guilty of sin. Um, And I I do, I'm going to wrap this up soon, but I want to just reflect for a moment that this reality that the father loves us and that we relate to God the father as a as a holy but tender compassionate father is one of the most powerful forces or motivations for sanctification in a believer's life and what I mean by that is if you as Owen says if you have thoughts about God the Father as though he's always displeased. I mean, you just, 
you just can't please him. I mean, it's just, you're forgiven of your sins through faith in Christ, but you know, the father is just, he's holy and he's high and it's just impossible to please him. If you think of that way about him, which is not true in the way I just presented it, then you're, you're not going to be motivated to really live a, a God-pleasing life because it's, you're just going to think it's impossible to please him. But if you embrace what the scriptures say and what Jesus says here in John 16, 27, your father in heaven himself loves you. He has kind thoughts towards you. He's endeared towards you. He's inclined towards you. You are in his son and he loves his son and therefore he loves you. If you think that about your father in heaven, the truth that he himself loves you, then you're going to be motivated because you're going to want to please him like a child wants to please his or her loving father. And when you displease him, you're going to understand it's, it's not the end of your relationship. It's not all over. He hasn't shut you out. You can displease him. You can grieve him. And what do we do? We are grieved because we don't want to displease our father who loves us. And so when we sin or we're conscious of sin, we go to him quickly. We say, Father, I love you. I know this was wrong. Please forgive me. And what does he do? Well, we'll see. We'll take some time and think about it. Of course not. Dear child, that's why I provided my son's blood for you. I see that you are grieving over your sin, that you are truly repentant. You are forgiven. That sin is already accounted for Child, come, receive my love. This is what Jesus is teaching, isn't it? The Father himself loves you. Um, This is so important. We as believers need to embrace this truth, that we have a Father in heaven who loves us. Because listen, there are going to be times probably not infrequent in your Christian life. When you are learning what is pleasing to God, you're following the Lord Jesus Christ, you are working out your salvation. In other words, you're working out what this looks like in real time. You're you're learning, how do I bring the truth of God to bear upon my life with my realities of my family, my job, all the extenuating circumstances. And as you do that, you are inevitably going to probably rather frequently be presented with situations or things upon your heart that, frankly, there is no one else that can understand, really. I mean, even your closest friend or if you're married, your spouse, and you may have a wonderful relationship. But the reality is that you have a Father in in heaven who himself loves you who in those moments knows exactly who you are, knows exactly your heart, knows exactly the circumstances. And you will be able to say like Jesus, 
I am not alone, verse 32, because the Father is with me. That's something. I'm not alone. I feel alone. I don't understand how I got in this place. I don't understand the things that are on my heart. But my Father does. And my Father loves me. And my Father's for me. My Father's with me by his own Spirit. I pray that as we grow together here at Reformation Bible Church, that we will grow not only in our theology about the majesty of God and the loftiness of God and the sovereignty of God, which I do continue to pray that we do, but I pray that we may, above all, grow in knowing the love of God the Father. Isn't that what John would later write in 1 John? Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we would be called children of God. He loves you. And, and I, I do want to close uh, as a, just a fellow exhortation to my brothers in Christ who are fathers. As I said this morning, um, we know how aware we can be of our failures. And some of them are very painful. Right? It is so important if we're going to be the men that Christ would have us to be that we know my father loves me yes he knows all my failures as a earthly father he knows my failures as a son but he loves me he himself loves me and if you're loved then you're going to be able to love others And brothers in Christ, this is true of sisters as well. But oh, does this world need some men who can love others because they're loved. And you're loved. Chapter and verse, John 16, verse 27. The Father himself loves you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your love towards your children. Forgive us so often for having low and little thoughts of you and your love. Um, How Satan wants to keep us from this truth. So soften our hearts tonight with the words of our Lord Jesus, your son. I pray for those tonight who are maybe overwhelmed with sadness or maybe with discouragement or just um, a sense of failure. I pray where there's true contrition and humility that you will minister to that dear soul. And I pray that we would go home this evening, Father, believing what Jesus says, that we would enjoy your love, receive it, believe it, and thereby enjoy communion with you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.